What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Household and Homestead, a podcast about leading a Christian household. What does it mean to be Christians? How does that change the way that you parent, run your home, and all those kind of cool things? Also, on occasion, we like to talk about farming. <laughs> on occasion. <laughs> on occasion. Today, uh, last time, the last episode that we had on this particular show, we talked about sex education. That's right. And the, the more of the why of it, right? The, the why we should talk yes, about Yes, that's it, exactly right. The, the responsibility that parents have to mm-hmm. conduct it. Right. And today we're going to be talking about the how to yeah. have the talk. That's right. And it's not just, I think we should also say before we start, it's not just the talk. There's not just a talk, and then when it's done, you're done forever. Right. There's, there's, a, there's a process. Trust the process, as mm-hmm. Nick Saban says. Yes. Um, to, that you bring your, your children through over time. And it's not just a sit-down lesson with, like, you know, felt board illustrations no, and stuff no, like that. No, no, none of that. None of that. Mm-mm. That's right. <laughs> so what? <laughs> but before where we, we get going? into it... Where are we going? All right. Well, but I think first we need to tell everybody who we are and ask them, beg them, cajole them to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Ooh, that's true. I forgot to introduce us. I'm a terrible host. I'm Pastor Stuart Amidon from Christ Church Opelousas, and join with, joining with me, as always, is the Pastor Brandon Neely, who is lead pastor over Christ Church and the preaching pastor at Christ Church Northside, which is in Lafayette, Louisiana. That's right. Um, and if you have not done so yet, I would encourage you to go and find uh, our feeds, various feeds. We've got lots of shows, but you can find our Household and Homestead feed anywhere that you find podcasts. And if you don't mind, please... Give us a review, a five-star, five-star review. Yeah. Sounds good. Why yes, not? please do. It helps us to spread the word. Mm. We think it does. Well, that's what they tell us. That's what they tell us. So we just try to do what they say. Yeah, but today we're talking about how to conduct sex education with your children mm. over the course of a lifetime, we should say. That's this right. This is not how to have the talk. This is how to disciple your children mm. in all of life, including this very important aspect of life. Amen. Amen. So we're going to break it down into two sections. This is not going to be a long show, not going to be difficult, Mm -hmm. but we're going to break it down into two sections, informal sex education for our kids and formal sex education for our kids. Got it. So we're going to begin with informal. Informal. That's right. And informal education is all about attitude. Okay. Okay. I mean, think about um, after you're done listening to a sermon and you and the kids and the wife get into the car. Mm Mm-hmm. You're driving home. You may not say much about the sermon, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but your attitude about God's Word, your attitude about the church, mm-hmm. about Lord's Day worship, is going to be conveyed to the children. Do you mm-hmm. quickly dismiss all that just took place? Mm-hmm. Are you quickly moving on to the afternoon sports and, and to the, um, the lunchtime meal? Where are we having lunch, kids? Is there any processing, any meditation on the Word of God? Your attitude, is there any appreciation or gratitude or remembrance? Mm. Has there been any impact or transformation? You see that that Mm -hmm, casual, mm -hmm. that informal attitude that you have towards the church will be picked up Mm. by your kids. Mm -hmm. You might tell them church is important, but if your your attitude toward the church is negative, Mm -hmm. they will be taught that. Right. Right. Same thing goes for your employer. If you have a negative attitude towards your employer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. towards the business that you work for, towards anything, really, mm-hmm. you can have a negative attitude towards a particular grocery store in your own town, mm. and your kids will grow up thinking that place is terrible. It's rotten. That's true. That's very true. 
You might not say much. You just might not ever go there. And they won't go there either. That's right. Informal education. Yeah, it's just informal education. Your attitude is conveyed. More is caught, they say, than taught. Mm. Yeah, I've heard that before. That's right. Listen to this particular verse that Paul gives Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12. He says, To set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Not only is Timothy to teach a body of content, a body of knowledge, Mm -hmm. but he's also to be a good example. Mm. Being a good example is one of the aspects of teaching. Mm. So um, sex education involves this as well. Mm -hmm. Your attitude towards sex, towards family, towards marriage, towards Mm. um, procreation and fruitfulness Mm -hmm. is all going to be picked up by your children. If you have um, a good attitude about childbearing, fruitfulness... Mm -hmm desiring to have many kids for the purpose of the kingdom, Mm -hmm. that attitude is going to be picked up by your kids as well. Right. Right. On the other hand... If you don't, then it won't. That's right. (laughs) Or worse, um, they'll become against it. That's right. If you're negative and you're constantly complaining and moaning about how hard it is to have three kids or two... Then your kids don't want to have kids. Yeah, they they don't see you seeing it as a blessing, but as a curse. Kingdom is immediately stifled. That's right. Yeah, and the kingdom is going to be stifled. You've got to get your attitude straight. Mm-hmm. Paul tells Titus in 2.7, he says, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. See, it's not only about teaching, but it's about modeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you've got to make sure if you're going to be a good model, mm-hmm. that's the first important thing, good example, you've got to make sure your attitude is right, that's right. about sex, about marriage. Amen. Your attitude towards your husband mm-hmm. is going to be picked up by your children, mm-hmm. by your daughters. Mm-hmm. They're going to have that attitude towards their husband in some sense. Mm-hmm. Your attitude towards your wife, etc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to yeah. make sure that your thinking, your mindset is biblical. Amen. That it's not um, determined by society, mm-hmm. nor is it determined by your um, personal experiences, but by what God's word says about sex, marriage, fruitfulness, mm-hmm. etc. Amen. Amen. So let's just break it down to a few um, topics. Okay. And make sure we have the right mindset. All right, go. All right, so perversion. Mm. What is perverted? Anything that goes contrary to what the Bible says. That's right. Boom. What is against the law of God. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's perverse. Mm-hmm. Now, the Bible does speak of certain things as more perverse than other things, abominations. That's true. So that would be bestiality, mm-hmm. incest, and mm-hmm. homosexuality, mm-hmm. which the Bible calls sodomy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, you have to have the same biblical attitude towards sexual perversion that mm-hmm. God does. Right. You don't necessarily have to teach these things to your children formally. Mm-hmm. There's going to come a time for that. But your attitude towards abomination, Mm -hmm. should be like the Lord's. The Lord hates it, you should hate it. Mm. It's abominable to the Lord, it should be abominable to you. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be funny, cute, Mm. it shouldn't be um, no big deal. Mm. It is an abomination. Mm. It is um, grotesque. It is worse than other sins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is not on par with other sins. Sodomy is much worse than adultery, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. adultery is much worse than fornication. Mm. There, there are degrees of sin, degrees of perversion, degrees of abomination, mm-hmm. and we need to make sure our mindset is the same as the Bible as it pertains to these things. Mm-hmm. Right? The world, of course, is trying to um, uh, normalize perversion. Mm. They call good evil and evil good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure that we form a biblical conscience and not a social one. And it's interesting because if you think back to the 90s, uh, early 2000s, late 90s, gay jokes were at the height 
it was something to be laughed about. Absolutely. Yeah. I just finished watching Con Air, one of the greatest adventure movies of all times. <laughs> Isn't that Nicolas Cage? Nick Cage, uh, greatest action star of all times. <laughs> and the entire time they're joking about homosexuality. homosexuality trans- yeah. There's a transvestite in the movie. It's like the comedy, comedy relief. Yeah, it was the, that was the high point of all the jokes. And now today... What was just joked and lightly treated has now become the forefront of society, and yeah. you're the, in fact, indicator of righteousness, according to the world. I would argue that that is precisely how they shape our consciences. Mm. See, if we don't have a conscience which is formed by the law of God, and we have a social conscience that's mm-hmm. formed by society at large, mm-hmm. as society shifts, so do we shift. Mm. And one of the ways that society shifts is by normalizing... Mm-hmm. or making light of that which is an abomination. Mm. You make light of it, you normalize it as one step toward legalizing it mm. and celebrating it, idolizing mm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all part of the process. Okay. okay. So, I, so yeah, in the 90s, we um, were normalizing it mm-hmm. and um, making light of it. Mm-hmm. And now what are we doing? We're not only legalizing it, but we are idolizing it. Right. That's we right. have a month, we have a holy day which is designated to the celebration. It's a feast of Jubilee. Yes, exactly. It's Pride Month, a, a, an entire month of holy festival and celebration. Mm-hmm. And of course, their holy days, they are forcing on others to celebrate. Right. Like all jihadists, like all religions, like all conquistadors, <laughs> like all colonialists. Mm. You, you can't escape this. There's no neutral. Mm-hmm. One religion wins. One God wins. Mm-hmm. It's either mm-hmm. God or an idol. And they're forcing, you know, currently they're trying to force uh, the mayor of Lafayette, and, and of course they've forced many, peop- many politicians and government officials all over our state to simply acknowledge, to, to pinch just a little bit of incense off mm. to the god of the sodomites. Mm. You know, just wave the flag. Yeah, look, you don't have to do it. You need to tolerate. No, no, no. You need to not only tolerate, you need to bow. Mm. Mm-hmm. But just like Mordecai would not bow to that snake Haman, mm-hmm. nor should we bow. Mm-hmm. Nor should we bow. And our kids need to understand that this is a serious abomination before the Lord. Mm-hmm. This is not um, funny or cute or acceptable. Mm-hmm. It should stay in the closet mm-hmm. because it is shameful. Mm-hmm. The same goes for prudishness. Ooh. Left hook. Left hook, that's right. So we must make sure that our conscience is not uh, determined by the Duggars um, (laughs) or by... um, Uh, The gentry. The gentry. Yeah. By uh, Victorian um, taboos Mm -hmm. from yesteryear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, we we don't have to call the period of transition between single and married courting. Mm-hmm. So as to appear old-fashioned, traditional, and churchy, mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily a biblical concept. It's certainly not mandated in Scripture, mm-hmm. and we'd have to define our terms here, but just because it's old-fashioned doesn't mean that it's biblical. Mm-hmm. Right? We have to make sure that our understanding of, uh, of sex is formed by the Bible. Amen. I mean, how many times has someone come to me and, um, you know, tisk, tisked me, for preaching about sex in the church. Right. Many times. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we've had families leave the church for bringing because up the, the we conversation have sermons of sex. about sex. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, why do they think we've done something wrong? Clearly, they haven't determined that from the Bible. Right. 
Because the Bible talks about sex. It talks about rape, prostitution, sodomy, angels right. trying to be raped by uh, sodomites in the city of Sodom, mm-hmm. Judah and Tamar. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it talks about things that are absolutely um, not for polite society. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. where do they get their ideas about it? Well, you know, it's not from the Bible. It's from their, you know, their homeschool co-op, mm. or from their mom and dad. Mm. They are. They need to be careful. They don't form a social conscience either, mm. because this will. They think that if they can, um, you know, keep these unlawful standards mm-hmm. and keep the conversation of sex out of their home, that this is how we might be holy. Mm. You know, but what does Paul say in First Timothy four about people who teach the doctrines of demons of abstaining from sex? Mm. We could say the same about abstaining from the conversation of sex. Mm. You don't become holy by putting off things. You don't become holy by not bringing up things or discussing things or engaging in things and Mm. making good things taboo. That's not the path of holiness. That's how Buddhists try to become holy, Mm. right, to erase all desire. Right, right. So we have to get a biblical conscience. I mean, even if you don't understand all the things we're talking about here, it's real simple. If the Bible says it's bad, it's bad, (laughs) okay? If the Bible doesn't say it's bad, it's not bad. And the Bible says sex is good, fruitfulness is good, the marriage bed is undefiled, mm. and it doesn't matter which legalist um, tries to make a taboo out of it. Mm. And if you try to make a taboo about it in your own home, you're going to cause more trouble than you really understand. Mm. Legalism doesn't produce holiness, not in you or your children. Mm. You know, Making up rules doesn't make you more holy, it makes you less holy. Mm. So in, one, in informal education, we're, we want to make sure we're thinking biblically, mm-hmm. we have a biblical mindset, mm-hmm. so that our attitude is biblical, so, what, uh, so it is caught by our children mm-hmm. properly. Some other ideas is fruitfulness. What does the Bible say about children? They are a blessing. They are a blessing. Mm. That's right. Like arrows in the quiver. Yeah, so um, you know quite a bit about the Bible as you read the Bible from the front page to the back page. The overall impression is that you should have kids... <laughs> right? You got to be a Bible expert to know that. <laughs> yeah, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Yeah, you should definitely have kids. It's in the Bible. Yeah. A lot. Now, there, now but now the Bible over doesn't say, it. yeah, the Bible doesn't say precisely how many children is, you know, the standard. Well, technically, only about nine arrows could fit in a quiver from Israel, so that's the appropriate... No, I'm just kidding. That's yeah, no, it doesn't say precisely. No. I mean, um, even uh, there's an example where uh, Joseph okay. had two children, and he was called a fruitful branch with mm. only two children. Mm. I say, so... Two and I'm done. No, no, no. But Joshua wanted more children. Mm. See, a lot of it has to do with the intention of the heart. Mm. Right? Sometimes mm. people can't have children. That doesn't mean that they're not fruitful for the kingdom of God. Right. You know, obviously not. But the overall, the general norm and pattern of Scripture is that we should want to have kids. They're a blessing. Right. And if, if they're a blessing, we want more of it. That's right. The Lord right. opens and closes the womb. That's right. Now, we, of course, we have to consider health issues and various other extenuating circumstances. Sure. And it's okay to have some conception control. Biblically defined, mm. not Duggar defined, it, <laughs> right? And not Dr. Fauci, de, you know, designed. Right. Biblically defined conception control. Right. Not abortionist, genocidal maniac, Dr. Fauci. Right. And and not uh, homeschooling, uh, add things to the Bible, Duggars. Home church. Yeah. No. No. We have to have a biblically defined conscience, mm-hmm. and the Bible does make a case for. Some limited, biblically defined conception control. Of course, we don't ever have any birth control. 
Mm. You know, once mm. they're born, once they're conceived, they're conceived. You don't can't control births. Right. Right. That's a right. that's comes from Margaret Sanger well, and Planned Parenthood. It's a good use of terminology, right? Yeah, there. we have like conception that. control, limited conception control. If you want to know all about it, then you need to listen to our archives at sermonaudio.com. Because mm. we have more to say about these things. That's right. And maybe we'll talk about birth control or conception control later in this particular uh, podcast as well. Mm-hmm. You also need to have categories <clears throat> of natural and unnatural. Yep, that's right. That's right. There's good and bad. Mm-hmm. There's wise and foolish. Mm-hmm. But there's more. The Bible actually has instructions of what not to do yeah. in terms of sex. It's very clear. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter 1. Mm-hmm. It is unnatural to treat a man like a woman. Mm-hmm. Right to treat a woman like a man, mm-hmm. and to engage in sexual practices the way sodomites do. Mm-hmm. Right. You are to dwell with your wife with understanding. You are to have your vessel, your wife, um, not as the pagans do. First Thessalonians chapter four, mm-hmm. and you are not to engage in sodomy. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter one. Mm-hmm. It is unnatural. Mm-hmm. So not only is it mm-hmm. evil and sinful, it's unnatural. Mm-hmm. Now the Bible says the marriage bed is undefiled. That does not mean you can do whatever you want to do <laughs> in the marriage bed. You know, domination and um, you know sadomasochism and mm-hmm. sodomy. Mm-hmm. These are not um, right, true, mm-hmm. good, beautiful. They're ugly, mm-hmm. abominable, and unnatural. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and so you've got to have a biblical conscience mm-hmm. when it comes to perversion, mm-hmm. prudishness, mm-hmm. sex, marriage, family. And you, need to, and you need to make sure you're growing in that knowledge mm. and growing in your grace to comply with God's Word, mm-hmm. asking God for help, mm-hmm. right? listening to your teachers that He has appointed to be one of the means through which He instructs you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that your kids catch you know, a biblical worldview as it That's comes right. to this. That's right. You should be filled up with this stuff so that it's... Exuding. That's right. It's coming out. That's right. Coming out your pores. There you go. Uh, in all the various conversations as you treat people in everyday life, as you watch a particular television show, it's always coming out of you a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. All right, so mm-hmm. that's informal instruction, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be, here's another thing as it comes to informal instruction, you're going to make sure that you have a, a good godly attitude about your wife or your husband mm. so that there is some limited expressions of heartfelt affection in front of the kids. That's inappropriate. How dare you? Right. No, uh, limited expressions... Of heartfelt I've, affection. I've noticed that you've chosen your words very carefully in the yeah, notes here. Yeah, you see here. the notes right there. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, your, your kids ought to know that you love your wife. Right. And and that you like her. Mm-hmm. Right? And, uh, and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there should be hugging and kissing. There should be, you know, funny um, dancing and flirting mm-hmm. um, in mm-hmm. front of the kids. Yeah. Let them know that marriage is good. Yeah. And you enjoy each other. Absolutely. And they could one day hope to find someone that they They want to have a friend. They want to have a marriage just like you do. Yeah. So that's, that's all wonderful. part of that informal instruction. Absolutely. But if you never do, if you if you that prude who's like, no, not in front of the kids. We don't do that in front of the children. Right. You're actually inhibiting them. And I would even wager you're making a long list of taboos right. that's going to come back to bite you later. Absolutely. In Bible times, everybody slept in the same room. Just sit on that for a second. Just sit on that for a second. <laughs> I was going to say it, but I stopped because I didn't know how far we were going to go in or not. <laughs> but yeah, we don't have to go tenth. any further. The, <laughs> just the point is that they weren't prudes. Right. Right. 
And of course, if since this is household and homestead, mm-hmm. we, you and I both have a farm. We have you know a little farm in the making. It I should say it really makes everything so much easier, right? Because at any given point, we're walking by, and depending on how old my kids are, my young kids, they're like, "Those animals are getting married." Right. <laughs> That's what mine say. And then sometimes, of course, you have some animals that when uh, they're frustrated, they take it out on you know each other. So if you have all male ducks, for example, right. they will try to dominate each other mm. through various like what looks like mating rituals. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they're just dominating each other. And I can remember one of my little kids saying, we're just in passing and we see that. And he's like, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's right, son. <laughs> There will be no fruitfulness when you violate God's law. Right. There, the violation of God's law is not the path to fruitfulness and life and peace, but to death and destruction, disease mm. and depravity. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, other things that they're going to catch is your submission to God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Your forgiveness of one another in your marriage, your being slow to wrath, right? Not being touchy and offended all the time, mm. right? Repenting of anger, right? They're, they're going to see these things in your everyday life, and they're going to pick these up from you mm-hmm. and how you treat your spouse. So when we are talking about sex education, and we've already done a show on the responsibility of it, mm-hmm. now we're talking about the informal practice of education, of discipleship, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all about the attitude. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And this attitude is going to be caught over the course of your child's um, time with you, 18 mm-hmm. years or so, mm-hmm. and there is nothing you can do to stop them from catching it. Yeah, they're watching. They will become like you. You live in the same house. It's right. shocking to me how many of my mannerisms my kids pick up already. Amen. All right, so let's move on to formal. All right, here we go. This is not going to take as much time. All right? I'm ready. Let's but if go. you're going to do formal education and you're going to need to do this, mm-hmm. right, there's going to be times when they ask a formal question. Yeah. And they're That's going good. to ask formal questions throughout the course of their life. Mm-hmm. Usually these formal questions are going to be um, proportionate to their age, mm-hmm. and you're going to formally answer them in a proportionate manner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And slowly but surely, they are going to build an understanding. They're going to grow in knowledge as they grow in grace and grow in maturity mm-hmm. with your help. So formal education, as you do it, as you answer questions proportionately and gradually over time, as they ask them and as the opportunity presents itself, mm-hmm. it, it needs to be biblical. Not worldly, right? That's right. It, but Absolutely. You better make sure it's biblical, because mm-hmm. right? the world offers wisdom. Yeah. But the wisdom of this world is evil and foolish. Mm-hmm. Right? The wisdom has the world has wisdom about money and business and breastfeeding and race and funeral customs and relationships and parenting and sex. They the world has their quote wisdom. Mm-hmm. You cannot synthesize that with the Bible. Mm-hmm. You have to stick to the Bible, and that means you have to know your Bible. You've got to grow in knowledge mm-hmm. if you're going to be able to convey it formally when your kids ask and when opportunities arise. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's going to be, in fact, entire genres of Christian literature that try to blend the wisdom of the world with the uh, wisdom of the Bible. Don't do that either. Right. There's That's no right. synthesis. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what does Aristotle have to do with the church? What does Jerusalem have to do with Athens? You cannot synthesize these things. Mm-hmm. Right? You must pull them apart and stick to the Bible. Amen, Amen. folks? Amen. All right, so stick, stay away from the, the Christian genre of literature that's on the bottom shelf of your local bookstore <laughs> that's synthesizing uh, Dr. Drew with the Bible. Right. Stay away from that stuff. Right. And, of right. course, stay away from the worldly stuff. Right. Right. Make sure you are, your mind is being filled with biblical knowledge mm-hmm. 
about sex and marriage. Go to a good church, in other words. Talk to your pastors. Get them looped in. Bring the whole Bible to bear on all these questions and become a master of it yourself. That's right. Study, think, reason, talk, discourse, mm-hmm. and then lead by example in your hand. In your Amen. Home. And this formal instruction is going to be incremental. Mm-hmm. You're not going to try to you know, brain dump on them. Right. You're not going to sit them down right. one day when they're 17. You're like, okay, son, we haven't spoken about this ever. <laughs> but I'm going to race through all 27 bullet points. <laughs> Dad. And I'm going to do it in a cold sweat. And yeah. when it's over, I'm going to go lay down. <laughs> yeah. And wish you well. Good luck, my son. Godspeed. Yeah. And that 17 years old is saying, I already know all this. Well, because his uh, government school already taught him. Right. You know, or, or his friend down the road. Or his friends in their informal and formal education of brought course. him along. Hey, your children are being discipled. Amen. The question is whether or not you are uh, leading the charge, mm-hmm. whether or not you are the lead discipler. That's mm-hmm. all. That's the only question. That's right. They are being discipled. That's right. That's right. And they're being discipled in all of life, including mm-hmm. sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you need to get out in front, be prepared for your formal education. Mm-hmm. Most of it's going to be informal over the years, but occasionally... There's going to be opportunities. You want to seize those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Don't be obscene. Don't talk about it in ways that don't fit the proper scene at that moment. Right. And, and don't be disproportionate to their age, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but seize the opportunities throughout the course of their life mm-hmm. for formal instruction. <coughs> no COVID. Right? We can, um, we can be prepared to answer the questions when they arise. Mm-hmm. All right. Answer them as early as possible. If they ask something that's disproportionate to their age, say, hey, we'll have to talk about that in a couple of years. You're not mm-hmm. ready for that one yet. Mm-hmm. Right? If you have this open relationship and you're talking about these things from early childhood, it's going to just seem normal and natural. Mm-hmm. It's, not gonna be a, it's not going to be a big, gross taboo. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, any other thoughts or questions? What do you think? Well, I think it's great. I, I keep going back to thinking about the prudishness aspect of it. Um, and the need to not create a bunch of taboos with your kids. That's Absolutely. Been helpful. With our kids, so, you know, we just obviously have farm animals, so we get to have lots of conversations about this pretty right. often. And, and I like what you did, though. Your kids, uh, they see them mating, and they say, oh, look, they got married. <laughs> well, they're using a euphemism, obviously. Right. Uh, getting married is a euphemism for having sex. Right. Um, and you're going to use euphemism. Mm-hmm. Throughout the course of their life, there's nothing wrong with that. The Bible uses euphemism. Sure. The the practice among some of being hyper technical yeah. and uh, scientific in their terminology mm-hmm. uh, is odd to me. Yeah. I, I think there's something probably wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you need your children at a proper age to know the te- technologically accurate scientific aspects and names. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's okay, just like the Bible does, to use euphemism. Mm-hmm. As they are growing up, mm-hmm. what about tall tales and you know, like, uh, be careful about that. You know, uh, tall tales, wives' tales, uh, superstitions. Um, I'm lost. No, I'm, I'm in the weeds on this one. Well, I don't know. Uh, just stay away from them. Like, where do babies come? Well, the stork brings it. Oh, you know, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, that's not helpful. Stay away from that sort of stuff. We don't even have Santa Claus in my house. <gasps> yeah. So he's make believe. Yeah. Play make believe. You know, you don't have to, you don't, your kids don't have to walk around all the other kids being like, it's not from a stork, you plebes. 
I have received the greater enlightenment. <laughs> Although that would be kind of funny if that yeah. did happen. <laughs> well, they do. <laughs> no, but use euphemism. Avoid tall tales and accurate explanations, right? You yeah. Make sure you consider the genders. Dad's going to have to have some talks with the boys. Mom's going to have to have some talks with the girls. Yeah. They, they are two different genders. You have to make sure that everything is done appropriately right. for that as well. Right. But that's all, you know, former education. Keep those strong lines of communication open throughout mm. the course of their life. Mm. Be natural about it. Answer the questions proportionally. Mm-hmm. You know, don't descend on them at the age of eighteen with a with a, a <laughs> video series and a lecture. No, nope. just <laughs> way too you know, late. <laughs> gradually. So honestly, there there shouldn't ever need to be like, okay, it's time to have the talk, mm. because you should have been talking right their whole life. Mm. You're gonna add a little here, a little there. You're gonna build up line upon line, precept upon precept. That's how biblical discipleship works. Right. You you take it from the beginning and you work your way up slowly but surely. Start with milk, and then later you go to meat. Mm-hmm. Right. If they're go- about to go off to college, you might need to say some things. And, and we had to do that in our own family. Mm. You know, our oldest was going off to college. There was a few things left in her discipleship that needed to be communicated, especially mm-hmm. as it pertains to sodomy and sodomites and mm. transvestites and, mm. and, and and androgynous folks and and some of the stuff that's out there in the world, even at the Christian college that she went to. Right. And right. so we had to let her know, you know, that, um, you know, what that actually all is in in, in greater detail, mm-hmm. because she was going to live in a dorm, and there's going to be... Right. Um, it's a Christian college, and they're not allowed to publicly be uh, practicing homosexuals, but they, but, you know, one in five of millennials are... Right. Um, either homosexuals are, are thinking about it, and so mm-hmm. we had to prepare her in some ways for that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So there's going to be moments that you need to seize, and you got to lay out some instruction. Mm-hmm. But in general, you're having talks throughout the course of their life. Mm-hmm. So that's informal. That's formal. How to do sex education with your kids. If the parents don't do it, the neighbor down the street will. <laughs> that's right. Guys, thanks so much for joining us again for another episode of Household and Homestead. You can find more resources at wearechristchurch.com. You can also go to sermonaudio.com and search for the keyword, We Are Christ Church, all one word, and find tons of resources there as well. Uh, share this feed with your friends. Um, toss it out on the social media world. Get people connected to all kinds of great resources that we have available for you. And... Uh, I think that's it. That's it, man. We'll see you next time. Yeah, guys. Thank you all so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.